Hello, I'm Don Mockholtz, and you are listening to Looking Up with Don. This is the Looking Up with Don podcast, episode number 102, for the week of December 15th, 2021. The related website for this podcast is donmacholtz.com. That is spelled D-O-N-M-A-C-H-H-O-L-Z.com. Two H's. What's up in the sky this week? As our week begins on Wednesday, December 15th, the moon is in the evening sky and 90% full. It's nearly a full moon. Actual full moon is on Sunday, December 19th at 0435 Universal Time. By next Tuesday, December 21st, the moon will be only two days past full and rising about two hours after sunset, leaving very little time for dark skies in the evening. Venus is that bright star-like object in your evening sky in the southwest. It is on the path that will take it between us and the sun on January 8th. Actually, it passes north of the sun. By the end of this week, next Tuesday, Venus will be only 26 degrees from the sun, closing in at a degree per day. It is large in size, 52 arc seconds, which is larger than Jupiter as seen from the Earth. Venus is close to us, too. It's a third the distance that the sun is from us. It does get closer to us than any planet in the solar system. Each night, it will become a thinner and thinner crescent. Both planets Mercury and Venus go through phases similar to our moon's phases because those planets orbit the sun inside our orbit. The Earth reaches the winter solstice next Tuesday, December 21st. As seen from the Earth, the Sun reaches its furthest point south and slowly begins moving northward again. It passes by a right ascension, which is similar to longitude, of 18 hours. In the northern hemisphere, this is the shortest amount of sunlight of the year. It is the longest night of the year. In the southern hemisphere, the sun is high in the sky with the longest amount of sunlight of the year and very short nights. Weather lags behind the amount of sunlight received. So in the northern hemisphere, there are many cold days and nights ahead. Comet Leonard C-2021A1 remains at about magnitude 5. I was barely able to see it with the unaided eye using averted vision on December 11th when it was in the morning sky. It is now in the evening sky setting shortly after sunset and begins our week only 20 degrees from the sun. As said last week, it is in the twilight zone. It's difficult to see it, and when you do see it, it's either in the twilight or close to the horizon or both.
Through binoculars and a telescope, the comet has put on a good show, sporting a tail of several degrees when it was in the dark morning sky. Details became more difficult to discern as the comet moved into the twilight sky. It's now in the evening sky, but still in the twilight area. Plus, we have the moon on the other side of the sky. So at evening twilight, the moon is in the eastern sky and the comet is in the western sky. The moon will be full on Sunday, December 19th, and by next Tuesday, December 21st, the moon will rise a couple hours after the sun sets, and this night should be our first dark sky evening of viewing the comet. The daily positions for the comet are plotted on podcast 102, map 3. Those living in the southern hemisphere will have their first good look of the comet this week in their evening sky. On December 19th, the comet passes the orbital path of the planet Venus. And the planet Venus will be passing through that area three days later. This could produce a meteor shower on Venus. Will you be able to see the International Space Station this week? which for our purposes begins Wednesday, December 15th through Tuesday, December 21st. It depends upon where you are located. This week we have four zones. All you need to know is your latitude. North of 63 degrees north, you will not see it this week, but then you guys almost never get to see the International Space Station. From 12 degrees south to 63 degrees north, and this is more than half the world's population. The ISS will be in your morning sky for at least part of this next week. North of about 20 degrees north, the ISS will be in your morning sky for only the last part of the week, your first sighting probably being around this weekend. For those closer to the equator, it will be in your sky for the first part of the week. From 36 to 12 degrees south latitude, the ISS will be in your morning sky and your evening sky for much of the week. And south of 36 degrees south, the International Space Station will be in your morning and evening sky for the whole week. And most nights you can see it three times. To determine where it will be in your sky, go to the website heavens-above.com and enter your location, then click on ISS. The other comets in our sky are competing against the bright moon. We will be discussing them next week when the moon gets out of the evening sky. When I began systematic visual comet hunting, that is an intentional program to search for the sky for comets, I decided to count the number of hours I was searching. Up through the 1950s or so, comet hunters did not seem to record and add up the number of hours they searched. But since then, almost everyone who has hunted for comets has been keeping track of their number of hours. I decided early on, that the number of hours I spent was a good measure of how I was doing with my comet hunting program. I had control over that, with the weather being the largest influence on my efforts. 
It would be useless to determine the success of my comet hunting program based upon the number of comets discovered because I could not control how many discoverable comets were in the sky, nor could I control the competition. As time went by, I found I was competing against a lot of other amateur astronomers who were also looking for comets. I did 307 hours of visual comet hunting in 1975, and I found no comets. 1976 was 553 more hours, followed by 504 in 1977. Still no comet discovery. My first comet discovery was after 1,700 hours, on September 12, 1978, my second comet took 1,742 more hours and nearly eight more years. Last month, November 2021, had good weather for nearly the whole month here in Arizona. I did a lot of comet hunting for the month, 34.75 hours the most in any month since August 1994, more than 25 years ago. So far, since January 1st, 1975, I've done 8,938.75 hours. When I began comet hunting in 1975, the only other competition, besides other visual comet hunters, was from the professional astronomers using large telescopes and photographing the sky. They were not looking for comets. They were imaging stars or galaxies, clusters, nebula, and, and finding comets as a byproduct of their work. Comet West would be an example of that. In the 1980s, the shoemakers, Eugene and Carolyn, began searching the sky for asteroids and comets that might one day hit us. One of those comets I later picked up, and if they had not discovered it, I probably would have been the one who had done so. In the early 1990s, NASA was asked by U.S. Congress to find asteroids that might one day hit us. And after periodic comet Shoemaker Levy 9 hit the planet Jupiter in July of 1994, the number of searches increased. Now, 25 years later, much of the sky is covered by the government-sponsored sky surveys, leaving few comets available for visual discovery by amateur astronomers. In addition, the SOHO spacecraft which orbits the sun a million miles closer to the sun than we are, has a camera called SWAN, which covers most of the sky down to about 11th magnitude. It too can find comets. As a result of increased competition, most visual comet hunters of the past have gotten out of the search. Some now use CCDs or photographic means to search the sky, but most have completely dropped out of comet hunting. Only a few of us are still visually searching for comets. I will be talking more about this on Sunday, December 19th at 1.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. 
That's when I'll be giving a talk to the Amateur Observer Society of New York based on Long Island. It is an online lecture using WebEx. Not, not Zoom, but WebEx. If you would like to watch it live, contact me at donthestronomer at gmail.com and I'll send you the link once I get it. To recap the podcast, what's up this coming week? Comet Leonard is now in the evening southern sky. Look for it and see Venus as a big, thin crescent. You have been listening to Looking Up with Don, podcast episode number 102 for December 15th, 2021. I'm Don Mockholtz. Once again, the related website for this podcast where you can uh, download the maps is donmockholtz.com. That is spelled D-O-N-M-A-C-H-H-O-L-Z.com. Two H's. You can contact me at donthestronomer at gmail.com. Once again, that is donthestronomer at gmail.com. God willing and pod willing, I'll be back next week for another episode of Looking Up with Don. We will discuss what's up in the sky. We will still be talking about Comet Leonard and I want to discuss an oddity I've never seen before in published works. The discovery of three comets by three members of the same family. Thank you for listening. See the sky this week. I'll see you next week. <laughs>